Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Greet you properly. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. And unto you, Lloyd. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe I said it too soon. You guys didn't hear me. So, Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. You ecumenical people. Well, this is actually part four of learning to live loved. And um, it's been, again... Um, these have brought me such joy because they've caused me to go back into uh, reading Paul Ellis's stuff, and he's one of my favorite authors. And I, I probably spend as much time with Paul Ellis as I do with any teacher. So, and he does these wonderful. I, I read to you last week from uh, the Gospel in Ten Words, which was the first book that he put out, and his time of transition into embracing the grace of God coincided with my own. So I've watched him develop and and grow in the grace of God uh, as hopefully as I have, and he's just an amazing. Just keeps putting out different things. So you know, he and he and Andrew Farley and John Lynch. I am so grateful for those men and and for what they do with their lives and how they minister. I'm going to go back and read actually both versions of this end of passage from 1 Corinthians 13, which is about love and what we studied about in the past five to six months here. Uh, I gave you two different versions of it, and we'll read both of them because I think they both give us insights. It's kind of a change from moving away from either the, uh, the King James Version or the New King James Version or the New international version and you know why read other versions because they the Greek language is was really really it's a difficult language one it was difficult to translate historically two it's a dead language no one speaks it so we're really not sure of the culture of how you would say what they were saying then so all of it's translated does it mean there's errors in the Bibles that we have I, I don't think the Bible is without you know some mistakes, if you will, but the but the the word of God is what God has given to us, and and the joy of having so many different translations is we get to see the nuances in that language that was given at that point in time, and that it has very many meanings. Some of it was kind of strange. I don't know, you know, their own theology of the day that it was written changes it and stuff, but um, these are two different ones. Um, uh, the first one is, is the Phillips translation, and all he did, all he, the only one he worked on was the New Testament, the New Covenant, and uh, he, he presents things from a very it's a literal point of view. And then the other one is from the message by Eugene Peterson, was, which was written in our time. And Eugene Peterson was a Presbyterian pastor, greatly loved, greatly honored, greatly respected as both a theologian and a pastor. As a matter of fact, uh, he wrote the best book on pastoring that was called Pastor. 
And it was about the life of a pastor and what they go through. And it helped me tremendously in my life. And I did small groups with it and stuff. So 1 Corinthians 13, 12. At present, we are men looking at a puzzling reflection in a mirror. The time will come when we shall see reality whole and face to face. At present, all I know is a little fraction of the truth. But the time will come when I shall know it as fully as God knows me, as now knows me. There's now word. In this life, we have three great lasting qualities, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of them is love. And this is the message. We don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears. <laughs> And the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then. See it all as clearly as God sees us. Knowing him directly just as he knows us. But for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us to that, towards that consummation. Trust steadily in God. Hope unswervingly. And love extravagantly. And the best of the three is love. Now, our focus here, and actually now in who we are, is designed by God to actually learn to receive his love. Um, salvation is, is often pointed out as it, it's a, an emotional catharsis for many people that becomes then uh, an experience, a system, a different way of learning life. We, we get born again into a new life and we learn how to live that way. And, uh, and yet, we find that these three things all, so often try to escape our grasp and then we start focusing uh, on other things. So, I was talking about taking the time to be loved by God. Most People actually don't do this. Even Christians in being taught to take time to pray, to take time to do spiritual things, to take time to give your life away to somebody else, to take the time to do all these things. Very few are taught how to take time to allow God to love you. God loves you. Brendan Manning, before he went to heaven, which was recent, just a couple of years ago, his great last mass message as he went around the country was to ask people a question, because he believed something. Now, whether he fully believed that, I don't, I don't know. But he said that he believed that on the day that we stand before the Lord, he's going to ask us one question, and one question only. <clears throat> Did you believe I loved you? And he said, for most of us, as Christians, the response will be, well, frankly, sir, no, I kind of doubted it the whole time. I looked at my life, and I, I really didn't believe that you loved me. I believe that you wanted me to do things, and I believe that you wanted me to stop doing those other things. And yet here, for our purpose now, again, no matter what age we are, whether we're a teenager or, or uh, on, on the doorsteps of antiquity, uh, stop making fun of me. <laughs> I heard that smirk. The idea, it, 
it's so foreign to us as Christians, especially American Christians, because we believe in the purpose-driven life. And that's not to put down an author or a book or anything, but we think we got to keep doing something for God. And we don't take the time to let God love us. And time is such a commodity. Lord, I barely have time to think. I can't even think until I get up in time and then have a quick cup of coffee and then I'm off to work. But you see, even on the way to work, I, I can take the time that it takes. My movements, activities, all of those things seem to present the one major issue, which is time. Life is full and busy, yes? I, almost everybody I talk to says that. It's amazing how quickly a day slips away and by the end of it, you feel exhausted. I, I hear it as a pastor. I've heard it over and over and over again. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so exhausted. The speed and tempo uh, of life in the age of information and technology, even how the news is reported today is different. They're actually... Uh, reporting opinion, not news. It used to be you waited for the newspaper to find out what happened yesterday. Now they tell you what's going to happen tomorrow through opinion. This might happen. Just you watch, listen very carefully, and you'll hear what I'm talking about. It's exhausting. Learning to live in the love of God is the greatest part given to us. Love is a now word, right now. Grace is a now word. Faith is a now word. Even hope is a now word in the sense of I possess hope in God. So, I have an apology to make, especially to a couple of the counselors that we have in here. I got very flippant at the end of service last week. So here I am to confess my wrong. And I'm not being flippant about that. But I kind of made fun of the whole topic of mindfulness that are used by most companies to deal with stress and strain of the workplace and all that. And now we go through mindfulness and I kind of... There's a reason I got flippant with it, but I didn't have enough time left to explain my flippancy. So all you got left was me making flippant remarks. Uh, even, uh, you know, I'm prone to make mistakes and everything. Didn't mean to be flippant, but they can't do what they think they're trying to do. I know because I had to practice it at a place that I worked. I had to help even teach others how to practice it. So mindfulness is a term. Everybody heard what mindfulness is? Do you know? Are you familiar with the term? Because it's, it's used a lot today, especially in the workplace, in companies, and putting out through human resources and stuff. So it's a pretty straightforward word. It suggests that the mind is fully attending to what's happening, to what you're doing, to the space you're moving through. That might seem trivial, except for the annoying fact that we so often veer from the matter that's in hand in front of us and we can't complete our work. That's why workplaces are trying to get people to take these little mindful breaks. Um, our mind takes flight. 
We lose touch with our bodies even, and pretty soon we're engrossed in obsessive thoughts about something that just happened or fretting about the future, and that makes us anxious. Um, They would say that mindfulness is a basic human ability to be fully present, aware of where we are and what we're doing, and not overly reactive or overwhelmed by what's going on around us. And that you can do it whether you're seated or walking. You can come back to mindfulness and find that place. Here's the thing. They are trying to replace the one thing only God has place. Without God, this is a futile effort. Why? Because we have a new mind. For a believer, mindfulness takes on a way different issue. And I, I know good counselors that have to work in secular settings and stuff, and they include for people, they include Christ as the center, and they do it well. But you cannot replace bad thoughts with good thoughts until you've been converted and have converted thoughts. They're trying <laughs> to replace God's presence in life with uh, you know it's like watch you know it's going back to that movie which I I quoted it a lot because it's one of my favorite all time movies but Hook Tinkerbell remember the character Tinkerbell in it and she's what (laughs) wee fairy she's very small but she wants to be big because she's in love with Peter and so she has to think about good thoughts and become very good and Poof, she magically becomes big, but it doesn't make Peter fall in love with her. That's what this is. With, with, without God present to us, and us beginning to embrace God's idea, God's thought, God's mind about how he loves you. Not about how you want him to love you, but how he loves you. It just becomes another, actually, fruitless endeavor did it stop or change behavior it might for a little while but it's trying to do something in the flesh that you were designed to receive by the spirit did you catch that we can't even for Christians you can't do in the flesh something to change your life it'll work for a little while I'll stop doing that until you receive the love of God in such a way that it changes the way you think. It's a transition. It's being transformed. Um, Without a transformation, because here's the other thing. It's bold, and I'm not trying to be too flippant again. The world's messed up. You noticed? They don't think right in the head. Again, it's like the movie Braveheart with the crazy Irishman, one of my favorite characters of all time. And the, and the guy sent to assassinate William Wallace, only he takes him out, and he says, yeah, I was suspicious of him. He wasn't right in the head. They're not right in the head. You, your life, without God, you can't think right. You'll come up with human answers to spiritual questions. And it doesn't work. 
It takes a spiritual answer to spiritual questions. That was me 50 years ago. 1973. Reading Carlos Castaneda's Separate Reality. He was taking peyote. You know... uh, to find God. He found devils. Unfortunately, I never took that, but in following him, all I found was an ugly, fleshy self and weird spiritually gobbledygook that wasn't the truth. Wasn't true. None of it was true. When God came in, guess what came in? Truth. I'm the way the truth, and the life. I couldn't think right without God. That's still going on. They can't think right without God. And then we put demands on them that they think right and pass moral laws. How do they do that? They don't think the way we think. Well, we need to get control. Oh, now you're talking about stuff that's... (laughs) I haven't seen it work. Now, I'm, I'm not asking for this or anything, but do you know when the church is most prop, prospered in time? When she wasn't the one in control of governments. When it was just an individual learning to love God. Learning to follow Jesus and went, huh, no thank you, I don't need that. I don't do that anymore. How come? Because I think right. Because Christ came in. I have a spiritual answer inside of me. I don't, I don't do that. It's not, it's not who I am. How can I do something that's not me? So what does the New Testament tell us then as believers? What do we think on? Where, where, where do we cast our thoughts on this? Now remember, where this began, we, don't, we have to learn to live loved in the love of God. So it's, it's finding scriptures, it's finding ways, and it's con- to continue in the things that we've learned. This is what is taught, New Testament, New Covenant. Ooh, that's not showing up very good, very clear. I'm sorry. Here's what the New Testament exhorts us to continue in. We are to continue in God's kindness. Have you ever felt God's kindness? Well, you're to continue in that, Paul exhorted the Roman church. And he says, look at, look at what's real. So this is right to where you're at in your workplace, in your very stressful situation. Therefore, consider the goodness and the severity of God on those who fell severity, but towards you... Goodness. What are God's thoughts towards me today? Is he upset with me? Nope. Is he disappointed with me? Nope. You're disappointed with you. And he's not. How could he be disappointed? He died for what, what you think disappointed him. He's already done that. It says earlier in Romans, when we were yet enemies, God loved us. When we were yet sinners, God loved us. And we're to continue in that kind of kindness, in that kind of goodness. We're to continue in faith. 
It's in Colossians 1.23. If indeed you continue in your faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard. What was the hope of the gospel? I've got this. I've got this, God says to us. See, we want hope for changed circumstances. God says no hope in me. I'm not moved by circumstances. I change not. I put my hope in God, not in changed circumstances. That's like, uh, I hope it won't hurt when I go to the dentist. Be prepared to be disappointed. You can't hope that that's going to do, you, you can see the stuff. And my, my hope is in God. No matter what happens, no matter what I go through, God won't let go. I'm an orphan no more. I'm not abandoned. God's with me. You start speaking that to your circumstances and trying to change, instead of changing them or trying to escape them, I wish I could just get out of here today. That's not hoping in God. Hoping in God is, hey, there's a storm out there and you're in the boat with me. Can you calm it? And if not, you'll see me through to the other side. That's hope in God. To hope that he's got your life. Continue in the teachings of Christ. We're exhorted in 2 John 1.9. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ did not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. Oh, I, all I, to continue to what I've learned about God, I can do that. He says in 2 Timothy, continue in what you've learned and been convinced of. What are you convinced of? Are you convinced of the lying minds around you? We do. Listen, I'm, I'm prone to this. I watch the news and I get upset. I want to throw my shoe at the TV. It doesn't change anything. He said, said to Timothy, you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. Oh my gosh. Knowing from whom you've learned them. Holy Spirit will teach me all things. And then he says, continue in the grace of God. Now, I like that. I really like that because grace is God's expression of love to us. It says in Acts 13, and when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them, persuaded them, what did they think was important instead of following them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. So what's it mean to continue? Well, it comes from a Greek word, uh, epimeno. It means to stay over, to remain, to abide, to tarry. We would say today, camp around this. So when we're continuing, it doesn't mean that it means to dwell on these things, to think on them in a long-term way. I used to take my kids camping. Uh, 
down at these strip pits down by Adrian, Missouri. Anybody know where Adrian is? Do you know where Amsterdam is? Yeah, there's an Amsterdam, Missouri. It's got little Leona's market right there. It's the only place in town. Yeah, you got to pay $3.70 for a bottle of pop, but it's there. Anyway, we used to go down there and we'd go bass fishing at these strip pits, and we used to be able to camp down there, and you had to be a member, so it was restricted, so there's hardly anybody down there. And we had no restrictions except don't let a fire happen. You could camp wherever you wanted, and there was, there was I think, 31 different strip pits and ponds and it was wonderful because my kids learned everything there because I could take them there and I didn't have to be bothered with anybody else. But one of the things that we had to do is when we would go down in the summer we would have to pick a campsite. And you look all around it all looks the same and everything. But it was really strange. Once we picked the campsite that became home. It suddenly went from unfamiliar to familiar. It suddenly became the place where the kids felt safe even if they heard noises because they were at their campsite. We started to abide there. We camped around it. It had our fire, our stuff. Everything was there and so it became a, an assuring thing to us. That's what that Greek word means means, hey, let's look at one of the things, grace of God. Make the grace of God your home. You'll learn to live loved. Instead of giving the law to yourself, allow the grace of God to come in and go, that won't work. That won't work. And you're, you're going, what? And your thinking starts changing. Because you're now suddenly learning to live in the love of God and it's, and it's changing you. I found this. Whatever is trying to hinder me and my thoughts, you know, how do I really learn to do this? Well, I want to give you a very practical thing. Find the scripture that addresses your situation and spend time with it. Camp around it. Make it your home for a while. Make it your thoughts for a while. I'm not good at scripture memory. Just take it on a card and keep saying it to yourself. Decide you're going to go on a journey for, I don't know, two weeks or three weeks. And I'm just going to, I'm going to keep looking at this every day. I was talking to my brother about this. Who My brother's been in a wheelchair for two decades. And he, he has neuropathy and he's had a rough, he got a tilt. So I'm, some cards. He's just been an amazing man to me. He's my hero, as well as my brother. And uh, it's because of this. He keeps going. And I asked him, I said, well, what, what was it? He says, well, it's what you're talking about. He said, for 20 years now, I get up every morning. 20 years. Talk about a long obedience in the same direction. I get up every morning and I pray I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Twenty years of thinking. Now that's mindfulness. That's the renewal of the mind. That's getting God thinking instead of stinking thinking. That's getting now stuff from the spirit instead of circumstance stuff. Or in the future, 
if that happens, then, and, and then, but what about? And God goes, no, 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 no. Think on these things. Do you know that you can, <laughs> you can start thinking like God thinks? We were meant to. These are just showing up horrible. Who cannot see those? Are they? It's bad. So let me read them to you. We'll close with this. Romans 12.2, one of my favorite passages of scriptures. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, how you think, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He's talking about you. I, I want to prove to you my will in your life. Think this way. You know, it's, it's like doing the Aerosmith song, only it's good and it's right. Think this way. Instead of walk this way. You know, it's think like this. Inviting you to think correctly. Have your thinking changed. 1 Corinthians 2.16 For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Does that mean you get to know what God thinks? Yes, but more it means you can start thinking godly. You, you have the mind of Christ now. If Christ lives in you, he wants your thinking and his thinking to be joined so that you learn to live there. I don't go do bad things tomorrow night not because it's illegal. I don't go out and get cocaine and have a toot because it's illegal. I don't do it because it's unthinkable for me. That's not who I am. Why would I do that? That's the grace of God. Not doing it because it's wrong or bad, I'm going to hurt somebody, but why would I want that? That's not who I am. By the way, that goes to every level. You know, we have a way of regulating our sins by how big or bad they are to how little they are. Works all the way across the board. God doesn't grade on a curve. That's stunning. Ephesians 4.23 And be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. It's me walking up and down the driveway doing my walking exercise at this stage in my life and realizing here I am on the earth, God. Your righteousness. A holy man walking through a yard. And your thoughts are with me today. I can't help but sing songs to you, God. You're wonderful. You're incredible. And my thoughts start aligning itself with what the Spirit has always said to me. Has always been trying to wake up my heart. I believe that's true for every believer. No matter what they got into or didn't get into. He was always willing them to continue in Grace, continue in faith, always drawing us back. Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind on the things above, not on things of earth. 
The things of earth are the circumstances. Where's the answer for the circumstances? It's above. Set your thinking above. For you died. What will they do to me? Will they kill me? They can't. They can take this meat bag away, this meat sack. But I'm alive. I'm as alive as I'll ever be alive. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. Start using Christ in a different way. What do you mean? Christ is God's, not God's surname. Jesus Christ, Lloyd Rendles. Christ is God bringing his thinking into you, his presence into you, his spirit into you. He who's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. I can think, not only think right, I can think godly. 1 Peter 1.13 says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Uh, he uses two really strange images here. That's why you have to look at the Greek in this. The loins would be the reproductive area to, to be creative and everything. That's where that takes place from. But the loins of your mind, the way you think. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I can think differently. I can think loved. Lord, what do you want me to do about this? One way of thinking. Another way of thinking is this. Lord, I will trust that you will show me what to do in this situation. See the subtle difference? It's right thinking. He wants your thinking transformed and get out of the, I'm hindered by what happened and I don't know what is going to happen. Both filled with worry, anxiety, shame, what ifs, yeah buts, maybe. And if they do that, and suddenly my life becomes more busy and I find it it's too busy to go think with God and find a scripture that says, think this way. So I I love where the music went. So I want to say it again. Because this is said in a Proverbs. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your pathway, acknowledge him. And he will direct you. Wow. Wow. It's not hard. You know why? Because he wanted it to be easy so each one of us could do it. Each one of us. We are not helpless and we are not hopeless. We are filled with the goodness of God. Continue in that. Camp around it. Yes? Can I say a prayer for you? Lord, help us to be mindful of these things. Lord, help us to have our thinking converted and transformed. Help us to find you instead of trying to figure out an answer. You are our great answer. 
You have been, for, for each of us at various times in our life, you have been the answer we needed. Help, Lord. Help bring an answer for every circumstance. And help me change the way I think about me and about you. Lord, I confess this morning that for so much time, you weren't who I thought you were. You were so much more. And now, I think I could sometimes think better than I ever thought I could. I receive that from you this morning. Transform the way I think by who you are. Transform me, God, by who you are. I come to that point of surrender again. And I bow the knee and I say, Christ alone. My hope is built on nothing less than your blood and your righteousness. You are my cornerstone. You are my rock. I will trust no other. Steer my thoughts this week. Steer my thoughts, God, that I might think big thoughts. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.